0: welcome back to episode 16 of the double down podcast presented by waterway today is friday february 3rd and i'm excited to be back bringing you guys another episode i was super encouraged uh to see that you guys love the most recent episode episode 15 actually got the most listens and the most views so i appreciate you guys staying with us and uh you know enjoying more episodes i'm really really excited about season two it's off to a great start uh, and i'm just you know excited to follow up with more and more great episodes. Uh before we jump into our episode today, I just want to take a second to uh look into the double down weekly wrap up, um talking about, you know, kind of my updates. Um so in terms of my knee, uh right now where I'm at, I'm kind of at the sprinting phase. So, uh just kind of sp- started sprinting last week, uh opening up to like 75, 80%, you know, just uh just sprinting and it's a straight line nothing too complicated but uh it feels good to kind of allow yourself to get back into those you know athletic body movements and uh feel like you're you're an athlete again so that's kind of been uh the most exciting and most encouraging part uh you know of my days and of my week so uh, and then in terms of sports, uh Super Bowls around the corner, but right now we're all in on the Timberwolves. Um I actually had the opportunity to sit courtside earlier this week and it was one of the coolest experiences uh I really ever had. I've never sat courtside before, so uh it was it was an awesome time just interacting with uh you know the guys and the refs and just like the little nuances of the game. Me and uh, me and Malik Monk were actually talking like the whole game, so that was that was pretty fun. Um and yeah it was just a cool opportunity um so let's head into our featured interview today sponsored by royaltyfam.com make sure you go check out royaltyfam.com for all your sports and loungewear needs uh you know find great prices on the hottest uh, sportswear of 2023 make sure you dm us at double underscore down underscore podcast for a discount code to royaltyfam.com today's featured guest a former wisconsin badger the 2013 consensus second team all big 10 honoree appeared in 119 career games with 72 starts for the badgers he's actually the all-time career block leader in badger basketball history and went on to an illustrious pro career overseas from 2013 to 2019 i'm super excited to welcome in my trainer a friend of mine and the podcast jared bergen
1: Thanks for having me, P. Happy to be yeah.
0: here. Yeah. Jared, happy to see you, man. Uh, you know, we go, we go way back and uh, I'm excited to get you on the pod and, and you know talk about talk about uh little college hoops, bring it back a little bit. So uh let's get it started. Growing up uh in Princeton, Minnesota, uh when did you kind of know you know basketball was was gonna be a part of your future? I know I'm sure you played all the sports growing up and uh, you know, doing all the little things, but when did you know that you had that passion for, for basketball?
1: Yeah, my story is is honestly uh, different than a lot, I think, where, I mean, growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 6'10", I was always tall, you know, so I was always, you know, naturally good at basketball from that standpoint, at least. Um, but I was in Princeton, I wasn't really doing much. I was just kind of doing doing my thing in, in small town Minnesota. And mm-hmm. uh, and then once I got into high school, you know, started getting a little bit more serious, but still, you know, nothing, nothing really. And then um, my my sophomore year, um we had a senior on the team. I was I was starting varsity at this point. Um we had a senior who ended up going to Southwest State. So he had uh like all the NSIC schools kind of recruiting him. Yeah. Um and these these D2 uh coaches were coming in you know, they're seeing me. I was probably six, eight at the time as a sophomore. They're like, you know, this this big kid, like he could be all right. And they're they're asking, like, you know, who's he playing AU with? And I was like, I don't know. I would I didn't know what AU was. I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting in Princeton doing my thing, you know. <laughs> and then they're like oh you should get connected with uh with howard pulley so i after the season gets done uh i go down i find out you know information for like trials whatever and <clears throat> at this trial i end up going head to head with with trevor mabakwe right future future golfer at that point point. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and i remember trevor trevor like posts me up and he like hits me with the shoulder, spins off me, and dunks on me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen anything like that in my life. you know, this is like it was a rude awakening there, but uh apparently, I must have you know fought back and done my thing a little bit because I actually uh so I was sixteen at the time, ended up playing mostly on the on the top seventeen team, sometimes on the second seventeen team as well, uh you know, through that spring and summer. So I went from being completely unknown and then, and you know, making the top team with pulley uh, a couple of months later, we're playing in tournaments against, you know, I think my very first tournament, actually, that we we went out of state, we were playing against Blake Griffin, and oh, he's wow. he's dunking everything and just just crazy. You know, we so like we got Blake Griffin, Kemba Walker, you know, some of these future all stars. That's like it was just a whole you know different level for me. And I came out of complete nowhere. You know, like I said, no one knew who I was. And then mm-hmm. uh, a couple months later, I was you know top 100 rankings or whatever it was and I had a bunch of you know a bunch of big 10 schools and schools around the country uh you know recruiting me and by by about uh December January of that year I had already committed to Wisconsin so it was like a crazy whirlwind process for me where I went from wow. complete you know uh you know nobody to within you know maybe 8 months you know already you know climbing the rankings and committing and all that so it was a, it was a unique process for me
0: yeah that's got to be that's got to be a crazy process because you know princeton's small town but it's not you know you're still close enough to the cities where it's like you know kind of the basketball culture and you know what's going on but you know you don't kind of know that how serious aau is and especially I especially especially at that time you know aau was you know still in its you know growing phases and it's not quite sure. what it is today so um yeah definitely interesting process uh kind of take us through that that um Wisconsin recruiting process was it an easy decision for you did it did going to Wisconsin kind of something that you wanted to do early or how did that process kind of you know take about for you
1: yeah so it was uh I think early on um they were definitely a front runner from the beginning um and then uh really what it came down to there was a couple other schools I liked I really liked Purdue I like Coach Painter he was there already uh i liked him i liked uh you know iowa state i took a visit there when uh it was uh mcdermott was the coach Mm -hmm. there yep um i liked him uh it really came down in the end i knew i wanted to stay close to home uh it was basically minnesota wisconsin you know all my all my friends were kind of pushing pushing the gophers and um but to be honest growing up i didn't have like like i was like kind of a golfer fan i guess but i just yeah. i didn't really i didn't really care that much like i didn't really like watch games all the time i never i don't think i ever went to a game like as a kid
0: yeah. um so i didn't have
1: like a strong connection even though like you know the home school and that was just you know i think just kind of my my family situation like my my dad is not a sports fan whatsoever like really? to this day like he know like he's enough you know where he like came to my games all the time So it's like mm-hmm. his his interest is like outdoor stuff like hunting fishing you know yeah. shooting guns working on cars yeah. like that kind of stuff you know so it's like Love sports it. are just not his thing my mom she grew up with she had a bunch of brothers where they all played mm-hmm. sports everything so she was more around it so like you know sunday afternoons like i'm watching the vikings game with my mom and my dad sure. like asking <laughs> questions you know what i mean so it's like we have a, a different situation there but um so yeah like i said it really came down to you know minnesota wisconsin Uh, I took a visit, uh, you know, not to, not to, uh, trash your voice here, but, um, know, I took a visit to, to, uh, Minnesota, um, that year and they, the program was kind of in a, at a rough point in time there where it was, it was Dan Munson was the coach. Um, they lost and it was just, you know, it was, uh, wasn't a good environment there. Um, you know, Munson actually ended up getting fired like shortly after that. And Mm -hmm. you know, things were kind of, kind of up in the air and then uh you know i took a visit out to wisconsin and it was at the time they were they were really rolling um and they had uh the game i went out there for they were playing against pitt who was ranked number two in the country at the time oh wow um and it was like dick vital on the call like espn game all that and they end up winning and they had uh brian butch who uh, he does some stuff with Big Ten Network now. Mm-hmm. Um, when I showed up, they all the guys were joking. They said I look like Butch's little brother. So they were calling me like baby Butch, <laughs> right? Because, we, you know, we're like same body type. We yeah. even like facially look similar, mm-hmm. um, you know? So I said, and Butch had like a great game. He had like 30 points and all this. like. So I see like literally myself out there, like thriving in their system, like big time win. You know, I'm in the locker room after the game, like hanging out with a you know, bunch of the guys that were, you know, guys like me that I could see myself getting along with and to this day mm-hmm. I'm, you know, great friends with a lot of those guys. And and then um the other part of it was uh Jordan Taylor, yeah. Um mm-hmm. was my was my teammate. So we, we were playing together with Pulley and Jordan committed, he committed really early. So he committed like earlier in the fall of, of his junior year. So he had already committed and then he was kinda in my ear, like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Come on, let's do this, let's team up, let's go there and you know so then eventually uh, after a couple months i i pulled the trigger and it you know it felt right like i said it was uh it just you know the style of play the the culture the the coaches the all that stuff was it just it just felt like home so it was uh at the end of the day it became a, a fairly easy decision
0: yeah for sure yeah and you talk about i was going to mention that as well jordan taylor you know with mr basketball he, he's committed early he's i bet he was in your ear all the time about and uh And John Muir was already, already there or guy, another Minnesota guy. So you kind of have that, you know, Minnesota connection, which is huge. Um, Talk about, talk about those kind of expectations coming in. You know, I think uh, oftentimes, you know, obviously freshmen, uh, you know, want to come in and make a, you know, immediate impact and and help the program, help the team. Uh, What kind of, you know, expectations did you have coming in? You probably came in summer, you know, early fall. Uh, How did you feel coming in and, and what were your expectations for the upcoming season?
1: yes yeah, so, i mean uh like i said as a as a recruit i was you know fairly highly rated not that that necessarily means anything at all but yeah you know you you get these expectations on you you know you're a top 100 kid or what, whatever i ended up being um uh you know and then uh the, we have brian butch like i just mentioned right butch uh was graduating and greg steamsma um who played in the nba for i don't know six six seven years i bet you played for the wolves for a while yep yep both of them both of them were graduating so i'm like all right they got two big guys you know leaving lots of minutes to fill so I, i'm looking at my you know at the situation i'm like all right this is perfect for me to step into and and maybe get minutes from from day one so that was my mindset then when i got out there you know it was a, it was a little different story and it was you know you you learn it's a it's a big jump going from princeton minnesota to uh, playing in the big ten so it was there was a lot i had to learn um you know physically i had to get stronger you know i had to learn the system get experience all that kind of stuff so i ended up um you know taking a redshirt year that that first year um and even then i wasn't like the the way it went down really was the the decision to redshirt or not was was totally on me right so it was Mm -hmm. they weren't telling me like oh you know you're not going to play we want you to redshirt. they were like yeah you can you can do whatever you want here right and they were just we're just kind of you know open up front about it and Talk, you know, and I basically told them, if I, you know, earn uh, my way into the rotation, where I'm going to get like meaningful minutes, I want to play. If I'm, if you're just going to throw me in at the end of the game for, you know, for garbage minutes, like I'd rather, I'd rather save my year. So we Mm -hmm. kind of played it out through the first part of the season. It was like I was going through warm. You know, redshirts normally are sitting in in sweats on the bench, right? Yeah. So I was going through. I had a jersey on everything. And I was going through warmups and I was, I was ready. And they're like, let's just, let's just play it out like this. We'll kind of see what happens. And then as we got through a little bit, it was like, all right. Uh, you know, once we got to, especially through like the non-conference play, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't really finding my my niche in practice yet. So it was like, all right, I'm going to take this red shirt. But at that point, we'd already kind of been doing it and we just, it was, it was kind of different. I actually just kept warming up the whole year. So I never, <laughs> I never actually had, I know was, there was really like no reason for it, but I remember coach guard, like one of the things he said was just like, if you're doing this and you can at least get kind of a feel like you feel more (laughs) like you're in that environment when you're actually going through the 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 warm-ups and all that it's like you're gonna hear it from the fans and the layup lines and all that stuff in the beginning it's like it's you know it's not gonna make a huge difference but it's gonna make a it's gonna make you know potentially make you a little bit more comfortable next year when i'm you know hopefully in a role to get more minutes so it was kind of kind of different how i did that but yeah so that's kind of how that uh the first year went and then every year um you know i kind of really had to pay my dues to to get to that point you mentioned john yeah. Luer, right john was one year older than me and john was you know a, a great player all big yeah. 10, all uh, All american right played in the nba for i think eight years however long he lasted and you know so john was going to get the majority of the minutes uh ahead of me and then there was another guy keaton nankoville um, who was the same class with john and Keaton was a really good player too keaton played overseas for uh, probably six seven years um and both those guys were ahead of me and you know kind of the way the way we did things was our rotation was generally you know seven maybe eight players deep for the most part you know so it was like there wasn't a ton of minutes available so then that you know my my redshirt year or my my freshman year of eligibility I was playing a little bit but I was stuck behind these guys and then you know sophomore year same thing I was playing a a little bit more um but it was you know same situation I was stuck behind those guys you know some games I'd play 15, 20 minutes, some games I'd play five minutes, some games I wouldn't play at all. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was definitely frustrating. Um, I don't think I ever, I ever like really considered transferring, um, which I've, I've talked about this recently with, you know, the, the, the way college sports are now, it's a different landscape, right? Players have the full freedom to leave and all that. And it's, it's more commonplace. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly thankful that the, the uh, things were the way that they were at the time, right? Because I think mm-hmm. if it was as common as it was to leave as it is now, I maybe would have, you know, got someone in my ear and been like, "Yeah, maybe I, maybe I do need to leave." But yeah. you know, I stuck it out for three years of not, you know, not having a great, you know, huge significant role, and then finally, my my junior senior year, my you know fourth and fifth year in the program. Once those guys graduated, I became you know the full time starter and was able to to work my way up. So I was. Yeah, you know, I'm thankful I stuck it out but it was definitely uh it was definitely a challenge it's definitely a grind for for three years that
0: really yeah and you know I think um it's hard either way as a red shirt you know because you, you feel a part of it but also like you're not going the games. so that was I redshirted as well at Northern it was like you know you, you still feel a part of the team and you still feel a part of everything you're doing but at the same time it's like there's that little divide and it's you know it, it takes a it takes a you know tough tough guy to kind of you know fight through that divide and kind of see the big picture at the end um but we also talk about a lot about like the self-assessment of yourself like knowing hey I gotta get stronger you know I gotta Mm -hmm. you know improve this aspect of my game I gotta learn the system a little bit more you know taking that year to kind of do that can can be a blessing as well and you know I'm grateful for for my experience in that because it kind of you know allowed me to grow a lot as a player especially my freshman year um Mm -hmm. so yeah talk about kind of that, that freshman year and um you know what happened happened uh with the shoulder and, and how did that kind of impact the, the sophomore year and kind of give us a story on, on that so it's a <laughs> it's a great story honestly <laughs> so uh,
1: so yeah i ended up i ended up uh tearing my my labrum in my shoulder uh my redshirt year so it was uh my shoulder would pop out all the time it would it would what's called a sublux so it wasn't a full dislocation where it would it would pop up and it would go right back in on its own yeah so the first time this happened, uh, my redshirt year, and then I played with it for the remainder of that year. We figured, you know, we could just re- kind of rehab it in the off season. It might not need surgery, but then basically, once you would pop it out again, it would everything would just kind of get like stretched out and loose, and it would it would just pop out more and more. So I, I did yeah. that my whole uh, freshman year of, of eligibility here too, right? Where it was popping out all the time, and then finally after my my freshman year, I finally got the surgery on it. But how it happened. So when we when we play and they still do this today, when we play at the barn with the raised court, this is the thing uh, Bo Ryan was doing since I think like his the story is like his first year coach in yeah. Wisconsin they're playing there and someone dove off the floor and it was like this big you know hustle play whatever. So he wants everyone to get comfortable with that floor so what he what he makes the, the freshmen do every year. First time we, we take a trip there at the end of practice we have to he'll roll the ball out of bounds, we have to dive and save the ball and then fall off the floor to get to get comfortable with the with the court here so i go to do that <clears throat> i save the ball and i i fell weird I, I felt my shoulder it popped out but it like i said it went back in right and then uh i'm laying on the ground and then apparently when i saved the ball the ball hit my foot and then still went out of bounds so coach is like you didn't save it jared you got to do it again and i look at the trainer and i'm like dude i just popped my shoulder out and he's like You got to do it. I did it. I did it again. Right after popping my shoulder and I have some little like little roll, and I'm like, you know, coddling my shoulder here. And then that was literally so that's how it all started was that stupid raised court at the bar. Yeah. (laughs) And then from there. It was it was literally. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, about a year and a half of me of me dealing with that and wasn't fun, man. Wasn't fun.
0: That's uh, that's actually back-to-back podcasts of of injuries at the barn. You know, I had Robbie Hummel last week tearing his ACL at the barn. You rolling off the court. Oh, you know, I didn't realize. The... Yeah, I didn't realize
1: I was at the barn that he did that. I was actually just listening just to kind of hear uh, how you do things. I was listening to a yeah. little
0: bit of it, but I, I only got about uh, fifteen minutes in probably. You know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we're we're just the barn's cursed right now on the pod. Hopefully, the, the, the hopefully the next pod doesn't have a a, a barn incident. So, um, right, you right. know, we're we gotta we gotta pick somebody that that didn't play at the barn, maybe. But um, yeah, you know. T- that's kind of a interesting thing because it's a it's a thing that like I think Minnesota's fans are kind of supposed to like hate, quote unquote, like oh this is the corny Wisconsin like roll off the floor things, but like I kind of yeah. love it. Like I kind of I'm like why you know it's like this, <laughs> it's like it's like this tradition thing and it's like it's been passed down. I think you know Bo probably started it, passed it down to uh, Coach Guard, and it's just like yeah. a you know a tradition thing, and every freshman's got to do it. So I think it's kind of a I think it's kind I of told. A
1: cool yeah, thing. <laughs> I told Guard I was out there. Um this past fall when jordan taylor got inducted into the the mm-hmm. uw hall of fame we're sitting at the football game and i'm talking to guard i told him yeah man you know how I hurt my shoulder that was it so i told him he's gotten scrapped think <laughs> he's gonna just tell you you gotta figure you gotta figure out how to fall better which i
0: mean yeah he's right you gotta get comfortable yeah. with it i guess that's hilarious that's hilarious um yeah so that shoulder ended up you know continuing to bother you continuing to be something you had to deal with um you know eventually uh you guys decided to get surgery um kind of take us through that kind of you know process because surgery can be a daunting thing i think regardless of of what kind of surgery you're getting you know i one of our teammates jamison battle had to get a a bone removed in his foot um you know a very minor surgery but still a still a surgery it can be a you know a daunting kind of task uh, kind of take us through that that process and and how you decided with your trainers and docs that you're going to get surgery and and what kind of you know kind of emotions you were kind of feeling
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was, uh, it was something that lingered for, you know, uh, a year, year and a half, something like that. And it it got to the point where my shoulder was just so unstable. It was the worst one. I remember we were going to, uh, it was like before the season, we're doing like individual workouts and we were just warming up and I literally nothing hard, like, like just the weakest dunk ever. I just went up and like basically laid the ball in and like barely grabbed Mm -hmm. the rim and my shoulder just popped out just from doing that. So I was like, I can't, I couldn't do anything you know extending my arm reaching overhead there was just no stability there and then that was right at like the start of the season so i'm like i'm not gonna have the surgery right now and miss the whole year so i you yeah. know i played through it and it was you know i wasn't uh like i said i wasn't like really going to be in the rotation you know it definitely hindered me because there was a couple times uh actually there was once we were playing in uh i think it was in maui we were playing against Derek williams so when he was mm. at uh when he was at arizona
0: arizona and yes. i was
1: playing well and i was you know uh first half he goes up for like a dunk and I like I stopped you know pinned him on the glass or whatever blocked his dunk but I popped my shoulder out, so I'm like playing and then after that it's like oh you know I'm hurt so I was like make a good play but it's like my body just couldn't hold up through the through the grind of it so you know so anyways we we kind of knew as we got towards the end of the season it was like all right let's get this done as soon as the season's over and mm-hmm. it was literally you know I think two or three days after the season was done we had the team doctor he kind of specializes in shoulders anyway so he uh uh, he did the surgery, and it was—it ended up being about about a six month recovery. By the time I was fully cleared to to get back in play, so that was the whole whole spring, whole summer, you know, into the fall that I was I was not able to do anything, and you know, work on left hand hook shots and, yeah. and whatever I could yeah. do. And it was it was tough. But then, uh, and then once you get once you get back, it's you know the physical challenge is there, but the mental challenge is big too. So I remember one of the early practices uh, once I was cleared. 'Cause it was I basically had like right when the season started, when we started like real practice, that was like my first like full go. Yeah. Um, and we're in practice and there's there's a loose ball and I dive on the ball and someone dives kind of on my shoulder and I'm like ah, and I'm yelling, you know. And then like I stand up and I'm like doing one of the, you know, like kind of rolling my shoulder mm-hmm. around and, and Bo just looks at me and he goes, You're not hurt. I just scared you. And I was like, yeah you're right like he, he yeah, just saw through yeah, it yeah. you know what i mean Where it's like mm-hmm. i was expecting it to hurt and i was scared because yeah like i said it was uh you know that's the mental piece of it we're learning to learn to trust it again so he's like he's like hey you're fine man it's in your head and i was like, yeah absolutely right so it's that's that's a big part of the challenge right there is just learning to to trust your body again and you know both sides the physical and mental like i said it's uh it's, it's a challenge for sure
0: yeah i was gonna actually ask like when did you have that kind of You know that that mental breakthrough but i i'm assuming that was maybe one of them you know where you. i think
1: that's the one yeah that's the one that sticks in my head for sure i I would say that's that's probably got to be the one where it's like all right you know this thing this thing is is sturdy again you know i can take a hit and i'm gonna be all right and i think Mm -hmm. from there it's you know it's i don't know that's probably the the main one but i think it's just kind of a daily thing day by day you just it slowly kind of trickles out of your mind that you know you can go back to just doing your thing
0: yeah no, know i mean that's right and i you know i've i've gone through it once and i'll you know go through it again here coming up but it's like it's that it's that process where it's like hey you babied your your shoulder along for six six months you babied your knee along for seven eight months and now it's like hey now it's time to get back on the court like now it's time to to do what you know you were planning to do for so long and you know there's that there's that mental hurdle i remember coach johnson ask, asking me last summer um early in the summer, he's like, have you have you crossed that mental hurdle yet? And, you know, I told him, yes, but I didn't quite think I, I had quite yet. And it wasn't until I was speaking actually... into
1: existence. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't
0: until I actually like, did a hard jump stop and like powered up for a dunk that I was like, Oh, yeah, you know, I can like, you know, my knees are feeling good. Like, I'm I'm feeling what I what i was supposed to feel. So I think there's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, that's a beautiful time. You know, it's the one of the most fun, fun times. Cause it's like, hey, we're we're back, you know, like, we're, we're excited to get back into it. Um, which you do, you know, you, you start that next year out, um, kind of take us through your, like your, your mental thought process of like that year, you know, coming off of injury, uh, you just spent the whole last six months rehabbing for this season. You know, you're probably close to a hundred, but you know, you still, you know, you're, you're on the, you know, you're on the brink of that, um, kind of take us through like what you're expecting for the year and then how that kind of year, you know, ends up for you.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that would have been going into my my sophomore year then. So like I said, it was still, you know, uh, like kind of the the situation wise, it still had Johnny Keaton ahead of me. So I still knew, you know, uh, minutes weren't going to be quite what I was hoping that, you know, uh, that I would eventually get to. I knew I was still going to be kind of behind those guys. But I remember uh, having some times where I was I was playing really well. Actually, I remember uh, specifically there was a there was like a Saturday morning practice you know, and we just treated it like a scrimmage. So it was like leading up to right at the start of the season. I remember having like a a, a great practice for whatever reason this mm-hmm. day. You know, stands out in my mind. I was I was hitting shots. I was, you know, making making strong moves inside, blocking shots, whatever it was. I remember playing great. And then, uh, like I said, once we got into the season, it was it was John and Keaton that were already playing heavy minutes for the last couple of years. And it was, you know, coach was was trusting those guys more. And there was actually one there was one random game that I started uh you know as a sophomore that year and it was I think he started all three of us he slid he slid John to the to the three and we were playing at Illinois and they had they had this I can't remember the guy's name they had a really really tall front line that was you know because then we had Keaton's like six eight probably me and John six Mm ten and they had like similar similar height where they had a, a tall three man like that so it was one random game I started and I'm like oh here we go you know and it's like yeah I'm back to down the stretch, there'd be games there's like I'd play five minutes in the first half and second half, it's like I don't I don't get off the bench. Yeah. You know, so it was it was frustrating again, going back to just that, you know, kind of kind of uh you know, paying my dues a little bit and, and waiting my time. So it was a challenge, but at that point I didn't have it was almost it was almost harder in some ways because at that point I didn't have the injury excuse. You know, yeah. like my, mm-hmm. my redshirt year, my freshman year, I could kind of be like, Well, you know, if I was if I was healthy, I'd be getting more minutes. And mm-hmm. then now it's like I'm healthy. And now sometimes like i said sometimes the minutes were there but sometimes they still weren't and it was just kind of a product of being behind guys that were were more experienced and were you know coaching yeah. have that that trust factor in me yet so it was you know i had to had to continue to kind of grind through that and you know eventually eventually earn my way in and then like i said once they once they both graduated junior senior year was you know able to to ramp things up a little bit more and you know step into a bigger role
0: yeah, yeah, you go into that, you know, 2011-2012, that that junior year, you end up starting uh all 36 games. Uh you got 60 blocks that year, which uh, is actually third in Wisconsin for a single single season. Um you were, you know, scoring 10 and a half a game, having a having a pretty pretty solid year. Um Kind of take us through that year because you guys ended up having a a pretty good year as a team as well. Um, Kind of take us through that year, like the the difference of coming off the bench and getting spot minutes versus playing 36 minutes. I mean, not 36 minutes, 36 games, starting all 36 games, kind of like being the guy in the front line. Uh, How did that kind of process go about for you and how were you able to kind of just like stay grounded with with the more more success still?
1: Yeah, I mean I think just like I said being being around for so long and just seeing guys mm-hmm. do it, you know, uh, ahead of me, I kind of just, you know, it was like yeah. it just felt right that it was like, yep, this is this is my time now and um I think, you know, uh like the my junior year still having uh Jordan Taylor, right? So it would have been Jordan's yeah. Jordan senior senior year then and Jordan uh you know, was one of my favorite teammates ever, right? So he was yeah. he was great at just me in situations to be successful and just he's great at you know he's just a great teammate right where he's mm-hmm. uh just kind of breathing confidence into people and um so you know having that that natural you know comfortability with him from knowing each other since we were 16 and playing together and then like i said just kind of being you know going through the program that that yeah. junior year i was able to to step in and do things better and um i shot the ball pretty well i think a lot of that was you know like i said having that good chemistry with jordan we get into our, our pick and pop stuff whatever it was and Yep. Um And then going to my senior year, you know, it was a little different situation. Jordan graduated and it was obviously a, a huge part of our offense. And mm-hmm. then we had uh, Josh Gosser uh, was was kind of slated to be the, the starting point guard then. And then he ended up tearing his ACL uh, in the preseason. So now we went from, you know, from Jordan and then Josh was going to take over with good experience yep. <clears throat> and then he gets hurt. So now we had uh, Trey Jackson and then George Marshall were the two guys that were both, you know, talented players but were were completely inexperienced at that time I actually just talked to trey like last week about this okay you know they just weren't quite ready for that and we we struggled especially offensively um we had some some really big wins um uh, you know we beat like michigan a couple times they went to the national championship that year we beat indiana a couple times they were a one seed uh you know we won at their place when they were ranked two in the country and you know we had we had big wins but we were our margin for error was small so offensively we struggled uh, and that kind of snowballed into me, too, where, you know, we weren't probably getting co- good quality looks. And then I shot the ball really poorly. So it was my, mm-hmm. my junior year. I think I don't have the I haven't looked at my stats, but is I think I shot, you know, high 30s, 37 some, percent, something around there, 36 mm-hmm. percent whatever it was from three. And then my senior year, I shot like 25 percent. So mm-hmm. it was just I, I went way down. And it was like I said, I think I think a lot of that was was losing Jordan and just getting, you know, less high quality looks where he didn't didn't have the same gravity pulling pulling towards jordan but um you know and it snowballed mentally where i was i was struggling i was you know shooting the ball poorly and yeah um you know i think that's one thing if i would have shot the ball like i did my junior year my senior year i think i probably would have had a a, you know a pretty good chance to get drafted Mm -hmm. um you know and it obviously obviously didn't work out that way and i ended up you know playing in summer league and ended up going overseas but uh it was uh overall it was a it was a good good career in Wisconsin I mean we had like yeah said, we had some some good success and we won a lot of big games and um you know a lot of a lot of great memories and connections there for sure
0: yeah I know a, a great career uh that junior year you guys you know have a great year you go into the uh sweet 16 versus Syracuse you know a great year you come back for, for the senior year um you know you get a win at Indiana you get a win at michigan against you know two really good teams um and then and then the time's kind of up and it's kind of decide uh decide what's next um mm-hmm. take us through that that kind of process for for people that don't know it as well obviously it's like hey i want to go to the league i want to go to the nba i'm going to play in summer league and, and see what's out there for me um and then you you eventually um you know take your career to belgium initially uh kind of take us through that process and how it went for you and uh what what made you excited to go overseas and uh what kind of opportunities there kind of was for you
1: yeah so i mean i had uh you know good interest from from you know a bunch of agents and stuff and ended up having a couple couple meetings with with some guys uh you know once the season ended up and ended up signing with priority sports so they're mm-hmm. a bigger agency based out of chicago and yeah um you know so pretty shortly after my my season ended ended up going down there and i was living in chicago for yep. basically that spring and summer and training down there and uh you know worked out for i think probably probably 12 12 to 14 nba teams so it was a really cool process just yeah. you know kind of flying all over the country and, and working out for teams and going through these meetings with you know the coaches or, or management or whatever and um you know i had a couple teams that were were interested they said they were you know kind of kind of going to look at me with the you know with the later second round pick and Mm -hmm. um ended up going undrafted uh but played so then i ended up playing summer league with uh with the magic so it was at the time it was orlando was hosting a summer league down there so i was playing in orlando with orlando in the in the summer league there um ended up being not the best situation so orlando was you know they were struggling then they were they were young and trying to trying to rebuild as they have been for a long time now but um so they ended up actually having like like six or seven of their like actual NBA roster guys playing summer league, which is not the norm. Like you have like your rookies that you just drafted and like maybe one or two like second year guys, but they had like seven guys from their roster that were, that were still playing summer league. So it was, you know, minutes were, were a little more sparse than I was hoping there. Um, So I played there then I ended up going out to Vegas and finishing out summer league with Cleveland um you know not it was a little bit better there but i was coming in late and it wasn't you know wasn't wasn't an ideal situation probably could have gone to tr well i could have gone to training camp with a couple different teams um but 99 right you end up going to the the d league or, or g league as it is now and mm-hmm. it just you know the the structure of it wasn't great the you know for yeah. my style of play you know probably yeah. wouldn't have been a, a great option to do that without any kind of you know guarantee or you know like now they have the two-way deals you know if i could have gotten something yeah. like that maybe i would stick around but it was a, uh, you know much much better deal to to go over to uh to europe right so i ended up going to belgium and crazy thing there is i actually I actually went to belgium uh when we were like 16. me and jordan oh, really? uh, our au team we went to belgium which oh wow i've never Weird. heard of AU team doing yeah, that. yeah I, was I was like what the that. it was super bizarre but i ended up actually i'd been in the city that i signed in was called ostend and I had, we'd been there before. So I found pictures like there's a city on the coast. So it's like the North mm-hmm. sea is right there. I got pictures on the beach and I'm talking to my teammates as I got there. And I was like, yeah, I came here before. And one of That's them was fun. like, oh, and you play and we played you at this, this jam, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so I had played against one of my teammates there, which was like crazy small world for, yeah you know, to get that connection. And but it was, it was a really good situation there. We had a, we had a very good team. We won the championship both years. I was there. Uh, we played in Euro cup. We actually played in a a Euroleague qualifier tournament. So it was the mm. the structure was a little bit different there where yeah. it was an eight team tournament. And if you won the tournament, you got the last place in League. Mm. and that my rookie year, <clears throat> we made it to the championship. Um, we beat a couple, a couple big teams, a big team from, from Russia, um, a team from Turkey. And we get to the championship and it was against the, the host team. There was a, a Lithuanian team that was hosting the tournament. And that yeah. was my first like crazy, you know, European environment where it's, you know, it was awesome. a big arena and they got the big flags and the drums and the flares mm-hmm. going and all that. And it was like you know, we ended up losing that. But, you know, so we played in Euro Cup, which was, you know, still really, really high level stuff yeah. and um, you know, it was a was a really good spot to uh, to start out my career.
0: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's excited that, uh, that European basketball culture is, is interesting for sure. I've obviously I've never experienced it personally, but just seeing videos and, uh, you know, you can kind of testify on, on that kind of end of it. But, um, yeah, yeah so you, fun, come, you know, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it looks exciting. They're rowdy. It's the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I kind of turned into a big soccer fan this year. So I watch a lot of premier league and I watch a lot of, uh, champions league and that kind of stuff. And it's the same kind of, same kind of things. They always get their shirts off and they're waving their shirts you know, and they're just they're going crazy yeah, yeah they, no live, they
1: live for it it's it's crazy especially especially some of the other countries i got to belgium wasn't quite as passionate just generally there but yeah. i went to italy a couple years after and italy is they're, they're wild there for sure so it's a lot of fun
0: yeah you know and, and you're you know excited to start off your career you know you decide to set up your, your professional career um and, and see where it takes you uh but unfortunately you had a, you know a couple hiccups along the way kind of take us through those meniscus is that you deal with Uh, meniscus for the people that are listening is a uh, the knee it's a little c-shaped guy in the knee It kind of keeps your knee stable keeps your bones from you know crushing on each other Um, and you end up having a couple tears of those kind of take us through that early process in your professional career and kind of how how you dealt with it yeah it was
1: it was tough it was really frustrating so you know uh, you get over there and it's it's obviously you know it's a different style of play and like i said our team was really good where uh, you know, we had a, a really balanced team. So we had, mm-hmm. you know, twelve guys on the roster, and, and most games we would play eleven guys, if not all twelve. So it was like wow. no one was putting up, you know, crazy numbers. It was a, a really balanced system, and you know, kind of it can be hard to to find your way in that a little bit of you know what's mm-hmm. your what's your role going to be, and yeah. um, you know, we get a couple months in, and I start I start kind of figuring things out. And I actually had um, the week before I got hurt, we're playing in uh, in Euro Cup and actually won uh, like Euro cup player of the week. So I had, I had you know, really, really good game there. Um, and then that weekend playing in the, in the Belgian league, I had almost almost like identical stat line, like back to back, like really good mm-hmm. games. I, you know, I'm finding my stride here. I'm playing great. The, the next game in Euro cup again, tear my meniscus and it was it was weird too because there wasn't it wasn't like i you know landed and felt something like pop or anything like that it was just i played the game after the game i was like man my knee sore and like the next day in the airport i'm like man my knee is like really hurting and that was you know i kept playing on it for probably at least a month after that and it it started swelling up a little bit and for for whatever reason in hindsight this is very stupid but for whatever whatever reason i never got it checked out um and we had a break coming up for christmas and we actually got like a week off which is which is rare too so i actually got yeah. to come home for a full week oh, so wow. i played you know until that week and they're like oh you just have some inflammation you know you just need some time off you'll take, take a couple of days at home and you'll be good i was like all right so i come home and i remember trying to you know trying to get some shots up while i'm here like get on a treadmill and run a little bit and my knee was just like giving out on me like it felt like yeah. it was going to just just collapse yeah so then finally once i get back out there Then I finally got an MRI, which again, I don't know why, why it took this long to do this, but finally got the MRI. And then they said, oh, you have a, you know, torn meniscus, which the meniscus injury in itself, there's, you know, degrees to it, like, like any injury, but a lot of guys will have, uh, you know, a tear and you can potentially just play on it forever. Just kind of depends on what your symptoms are. And like I said, Mm -hmm. mine was giving me that feeling like it was going to give out and, you know, it was swelling up and, you know, really bothering me. But we had a big. So I, I come home for a week. I go back to Belgium for for that week, and I get it tested. And you know they find the the tear. Well, that weekend we had a big like rivalry game, and they're like, mm. "We well, oh, we really want you to play. We want you to play." So I'm like, "All right." And they said, you know, like I said, you can you can theoretically play on it without making it worse. So yeah, I play I play through that weekend on it, limping through. And then, you know, after that, I'm like, all right, I'm 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 getting this thing cleaned up. So I actually flew back to the States to have the mm-hmm. surgery. And I went to, uh, you know, my agent had a connection with, uh, he was actually the Bulls team doctor. So he did okay. uh, like Derek Rose, Greg Oden, like a couple, you know, a couple like high profile surgeries mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And he said it was very routine, you know, look, nothing, nothing, you know, abnormal. So, so they just kind of scope it out and it can be uh, anywhere from a couple weeks to a couple months, you know, kind of depending on how you want to rehab it. Well, my team was was actually really nice about it when they said you know we're not going to rush you back they actually signed a player to kind of replace me for like two months so they're like well Mm -hmm. you take all two months get this thing nice and strong take your time so it's like all right so that was that was nice how they handled it because i was i was on a two-year contract there so they knew they didn't Mm want to you know mess up my knee right away um so i take my time with the with the rehab everything's feeling great i come back i start playing feels perfect i feel like myself again i can jump all everything yeah couple couple days probably after I start playing, it starts like swelling up on me again. and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, it might be it might be normal, just kind of getting back into it. It just keeps getting worse and worse, mm-hmm. swelling up on me. I had to get my knee drained a bunch of times. like I did like a cortisol shot one time. like Ugh. it was it was just it bothered me all season. And I kept playing on it. and then uh, after the season ended, you know, we win the championship. Uh, I go home. I go back to the same doctor. we you know he looks at it, you know the MRI, everything. he's like, yep same tear again like it's you know it mm-hmm. just and then he goes he's like we can we can scope it out again and he's like it, you know it might work if it doesn't work this time and it keeps breaking down he's like then you start looking at like you know like uh micro surgery and some different yeah. things that mm-hmm. and he's as he's telling me this he's like he's like oh you know you're a you're a smart guy though right like you got it you got education you'll be okay if you can't play anymore i'm like dude i just finished my rookie year like i'm sitting here thinking i'm gonna play for 10 years you know yeah yeah it's like if you can't if you if we do the surgery and it doesn't work like you'll you'll be okay and i, I remember leaving his office and like calling my wife and i was just in tears man like i'm just <laughs> yeah yeah it was that was a tough pill to swallow and he's like you know we'll we'll try it. we'll scope it out again but he so he mentions as he's saying that he's like you know i can't name names and then as he's talking he mentions like derrick rose and brandon mm-hmm. roy and greg mm-hmm. odin and you know, guys that just had notoriously uh, terrible knees. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, that's you know, and he said for whatever reason, some guys just break down like that, and their knees don't tolerate the the surgery. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that could be me. So I'm like, you know, I'm just praying, you know, we do the surgery and it's going to work. And yeah. you know, knock on wood, I go do the surgery a couple of days later, and it was uh, you know, since then things have been things have been good. I still get a little bit of pain like you said that meniscus is kind of the pad in between your you know your 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 femur and your like your shin bones right so yep yep uh so i get i have like some bone on bone going there now where you know as they take that pad out you get some of that just Mm -hmm. so i'll feel it i'll feel it every once in a while if i jump too hard or you know kind of cut the wrong way doing stuff now it's i'll feel it but it, it you know it didn't give me too much problems but it was uh definitely kind of you know you you lose a step a little bit when you start doing yeah. a couple of surgeries like that twice and within like mm-hmm. 6 months and um you know i think i didn't quite have the same you know explosiveness and things that that i had you know through my last couple of years in college so it was yeah. uh, it was definitely a setback there
0: yeah no i mean it's a that's a kind of a scary process starting out your professional career you know you obviously want to have a, a long professional career play as long as you you possibly can um and and to start it out that way is uh uh it's it's scary you know it's uh it's it's makes you nervous because it's like you know what you know what yeah i think mm-hmm. i'm kind of in the same field you know it's like you know what you can bring to the game you know that you can you know play professionally you know you're talented enough but it's like if this little mm-hmm. thing keeps break, if this little thing keeps breaking down on me like how am i supposed to you know how am i supposed to get through it you know there's no other option especially when you hear a doctor talking about like hey you, you have a backup plan right i was kind of in the same field you know where my doc yeah. told me initially he's like you know, you, yeah, you, uh, you know, you might not be able to come back and play. You know, high high you know major basketball high division one basketball professional basketball like that kind of news from like a like a professional like a doctor is like super daunting and super like scary and it 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 makes you Mm -hmm. nervous you know you talked about you know breaking down with your wife and you know just praying for it you know it's kind of in the same field where it's like you know what is this gonna be like what is this you know gonna gonna lead to and um you know eventually you you end up working through it you ended up playing uh for six years after that until 2019 uh having a, a great pro career you're you know you mentioned going to italy you know uh you know being all over the place um kind of just take us you know with like a brief kind of you know update on on, on your pro career and how, how it kind of you know ended up going for you and then uh you know when you decided to to hang it up
1: yeah. So then, uh, like I said, coming off the knee, um, you know, the next year I went back to the same team and it was, you know, like we talked about with the shoulder, it's you have mm-hmm. that process of learning to trust it again. And, you know, that was, that was obviously challenging. Um, but a- again, another, you know, another solid year, we won the championship individually, you know, like I said, our team was really balanced, but, um, that's kind of more the norm in general over there. Teams don't always expect you to put up, you know, 20 and 10, right. They'll, if you yeah. put up like, eight and six on a good team, like teams would be like, oh, he plays his role well, you know. Mm-hmm. So so I had a chance to uh to jump to a better league. Um actually it was the team that I, I got the when I got Euro Cup player of the week that was the team we were playing against was a team oh, wow. a team in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um and they'd kind of been they'd kind of been watching me for for a couple of years and they wanted to sign me and they saw me so my role in Belgium was was really just pick and roll. I was diving to the rim, I was getting you know dunks and that was that mm-hmm. was the majority of my offense. Um, but they kind of saw me from college where I was doing more like pick and pop and stretching the floor. And yep. they thought I could get back into that type of role. So go there and, and started the season with that type of system. And then the coach uh, got fired. Well, actually, the uh, a new uh, owner bought the team and he just oh, blew wow. everything up. So he had uh, he brought in uh, Juwan Johnson. So oh. talking about, you know, mm-hmm. with, with, yep. uh, with your boy Hummel here, right? So yeah, Juwan yep, was playing yep. for this guy, owned another team in Russia. And then he bought this team and he brought John Johnson over and then a bunch, he brought in a bunch of other like high level, like Euroleague or X NBA guys and just blew everything up. And it it turned into just a nightmare where we had like too many, too many imports. So guys were, you know, some games I'd play, some games I'd be, you know, in in sweats on the sideline. And it was just a bad situation. And so I left there, uh, kind of midway through the year, I went to a different team in Italy um, and finished out the season there. But having that, you know, kind of, a little bit of turmoil in the middle of the season was, Mm -hmm. was, you know, you kind of prevents you from kind of hitting your stride a little bit. So that year was tough. The next year I went to to Italy again for uh, with a different team again, but I was, it was, it was a really fun year there. We had a team that was kind of up and coming. Um, They just kind of worked their way up to first division. Um, Mm -hmm. So the expectations weren't super high at that point, but we ended up coming like one game short of making the playoffs, which was a good, good success for us, just based on, you know, kind of how that, how the club had been growing and, yeah. actually playing with with marcus landry who was uh oh, well. play with him at wisconsin so he was a senior my my freshman year and so we were playing together over there it was it was cool um at that during that year uh my wife got pregnant uh with our first with our with our daughter um so that was you know that was a different different ball mm-hmm. game there too right so then the the next year she was born in the states my daughter was born in the states that next summer um and then i ended up going to japan um which was a different you know yeah a different world there so it's you know you you have an adjustment to get into Europe right and then there's a whole other adjustment to get into into Asia Yes, yeah. the culture and the style and everything there and uh I went over there I had to leave like two weeks after my daughter was born which was tough um and when I went there it just was a it was a bad fit from day one like mm-hmm. the style of play was not at all the type of player I was and it was you yeah know, I was struggling with being away from my family and all that. And it was I was in a bad place mentally and I I struggled big time there. Like I was I yeah. was horrible. I was just telling a kid I was training the other day, I was the worst basketball player in the world for that. The couple months I was there, I I I had the yips like not like none mm-hmm. of it, man. I couldn't do yeah. anything. It was just, you know, I was in a bad, bad place mentally. Um, and then I ended up getting cut there, which was, you know, like literally, thank God it was, you know, <laughs> get me out of that situation. Yeah. Um, I ended up, you know, coming back home for a little bit and then went back to Japan again, which was oh wow, uh which was an adjustment again. Uh but I was out there by myself, my family stayed home and mm-hmm. it was a challenge and I started losing that the fire a little bit where when yeah. you have a kid, it's you know, you're either your, you know, my wife and daughter are here around their family or they're over there with me and yeah. away from grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles and all that, you know. So it's yeah that was a that was a different challenge but i knew i didn't want to quit on that note um so i went one more year and you know like i said i had kind of a you know a a bad year overall in japan um Mm -hmm. so i went to switzerland for my last year um which is a little bit of a step down in terms of the the level there um from where i had been but that was kind of the reality of you know having having a bad year like i said and then uh it was better you know I enjoyed it more there but it was you know by the end of the year it was it was really the it was the family thing mm-hmm. um that was that was hard uh where just you know I was questioning all year like do I want to keep doing this and then and then my body kind of started telling me too is uh, yeah. I had a hip hip issue that there was literally times where I'd be sitting on the couch before practice and I'd stand up and I couldn't legitimately could not walk like my hip was just mm-hmm. locked up and I eventually you know worked through it to go practice and dealt with that through the whole year and just found a way to you know do just enough to get warm and get loose and yeah um but it was you know my body was was kind of telling me along with the the family situation that it was it was time so kind of hung it up after that and uh you know had a chance to go back overseas to, to Belgium where I started different team but the same league and it just just didn't feel right you know and decided to hang it up and, and come home and of got connected here with uh doing what i'm doing now working as a as a trainer and you know be able to yeah. share my my experience and you know what i learned through my career and try to help out the the next wave of guys and help them you know achieve their their dreams and their goals
0: yeah no i mean that kind of transitions us into uh, you know our last and final question we always talk about on the podcast about um you know adversity whether it's uh you know a shoulder injury whether it's a knee injury whether it is an injury and in, uh, you know, in general, whether it's you know some other adversity that you're fighting through your life, and and now you kind of have that that platform where you can obviously give back in terms of um, you know skill on the court and you know player development, but also uh, kind of be a voice of. Um, no, not of reason, but kind of a you know a voice of you know uh, maybe suggestions or advice or or yeah, that something ex- that, that
1: experience you, that, that yeah, I can lean yeah, on. And exactly, I've been there, right? But, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So, so, what kind of what kind of advice do you have for for a guy maybe that's going through an injury or dealing with you know not making a team or, or you know some sort of adversity coming up in their life? What kind of advice do you have uh, for them?
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's, uh, you know, something I run into a lot, you know, as a, as a trainer now. And like I said, that's, I think that's one thing that has really equipped me, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to help these kids is the fact that I have gone through these struggles. I've gone through, you know, my situation at Wisconsin, where I I basically sat for three years, right. And, you know, had to, had to sit behind some, some, some better players to be, to be honest. Right. And then I, I go overseas and I have injuries and I end up in situations that you know, one that was out of my control with the ownership change in Italy and one that was, you know, on me. But it was, you know, it was it was a bad fit and, and, I, and yeah. I played bad. But I went through a couple situations there where it was like I'm changing teams midseason because of, you know, different circumstances. So it's mm-hmm. I, I've had those those hardships and I've had those times when I feel like I can't do anything right on the court. Right. And it's so I've been able to talk to kids, you know, fairly regularly where it's like, you know, I had a conversation yeah. the other day with a kid who's like, man, I just. I was playing great early in the year and now I'm slumping and I feel like I can't, you know, I, I can't make any shots and I'm in my head and I'm like, dude, I've been mm-hmm. there. So it's just, you know, in terms of like the the plane itself, I was talking about trying to find, you know, a, a one little step at a time, one mm-hmm. little victory. Right. So it's like, yep. don't don't go out there and say, I, I got to go score 20 points. And I right? it's like, can I make one shot or maybe not even make a shot? Can I can I impact the game somehow? Can I get a steal, a deflection? Can I set a good screen? Can yep. I make a good pass can i run the floor hard and, and draw help and free up someone else or anything right so it's like you just try to find one little thing and then kind of snowball it into into bigger and bigger things from there and yeah. uh you know or the other side of it where it's not even it's not even the game itself sometimes it's just your your mindset in general where it's yeah like, for sure just keep keep in mind like you know i've been posting stuff on my instagram about this lately where it's <clears throat> you know it's your your success and what you do on the floor is not all that makes you 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 yeah i mean there's there's more there's more to you as a person and you know your family's still going to be there for you your friends are still going to be there for you and all that stuff where it's like at the end of the day like playing the game is it's cool we all we love it right that's that's what we do but it's it's not who we are so just trying to keep that message in mind of there's a lot more to you there's a lot more value you you provide as a person than just you know playing well or winning games or or whatever it may be so keep that perspective is definitely key too
0: no that's that's great insight um you know jared thank you for taking your time hopping on the podcast with me um you know another great episode uh with a with a great career uh, you know a great player but a, but a better dude um I'm happy you could hop on with the podcast with me. Uh, For those of you that are listening, make sure you guys check back in next Friday uh, for episode, what will be episode uh, 17 next Friday. So uh, we're chugging along and and we're keeping it going. And uh, we're going to have a a pretty special guest on next episode, uh, a WNBA player. So make sure you guys tap in for that one. And, uh, you know, are excited. Turn that bell on and and you get it going. But, Jared, thank you for coming on the podcast. We appreciate you. uh, And we're out. Peace.